This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A recent thread in the Trout Unlimited forum caught our attention. It touches on a problem that seems to be more frequent these days, and that problem is the lack of fly fishing etiquette. That's our topic for today, but before we get into it, whoa, it's been a hectic summer for both of us, and we are more than ready to take a fly fishing trip to some of our favorite waters in Montana. Uh, That's going to happen in another couple weeks. It's going to provide some good downtime because life has been good, but really intense for both of us in recent days. Dave, I know that's been the case for you. It sure has. Been a busy summer, even starting probably in March when COVID hit. I uh, had planned to start a new business this year, which I did. I launched it in July. It's a publishing company, editorial services and publishing company called Journey 66. We just launched uh, our podcast a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, so intense to get that thing stood up. It's called Journey 66. But outside of that, a lot of family stuff. We just came back from Minneapolis. Our oldest, who's 24, uh, is living in Minneapolis. So we spent a couple days with him. He works for an organization called The Training House, which is a, I don't know how to say it. It's a joint venture with the Minnesota Vikings. So he's an athletic trainer and works on professional athletes and college athletes as they return to play after different kinds of injuries. Often it's an ACL or something like that. And then we got our other son off to uh, college, although we just kicked him out the door. <laughs> and uh, and he just took the van and went to college. And we have our other daughter, or a daughter, who's going back to school this week. Actually, next week, I think. And then another daughter that's moving to uh, Nashville in a month or two. So we've been really busy. How about you? Oh man, it's uh, it's been busy because we moved, but we we actually moved down the street uh, about seven tenths of a mile. We're still on the, the same street, but we uh, we sold our house to our one of our daughters and and her family. Uh, they have four kids. We didn't need a four bedroom house a- anymore, and so uh, yeah, they were really interested, so we sold it to them, and we just moved last weekend. So I, I feel like my head is still in a bit of a of a fog, and I, I sure hope I can find all my fly fishing stuff for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. So it's the exact same street. It's Austin. Yeah, it is. Only we're on West Austin instead of East Austin. So oh my. Hey. Yeah, somehow we can't get off Austin Avenue, but that's fine. It's a uh, it's a great neighborhood, and uh, uh, the interesting thing, Dave, is we bought a house that uh, uh, Brett Butler was a major league baseball player back in the day for the Dodgers. Uh, grew up in this house, so huh. uh, yeah, I I don't know that that's going to help me become a better baseball player it's a little too late in my career for that did you have uh, to pay more for the house (laughs) uh, no no we actually got a we we got a pretty good deal and uh so i I don't know we'll have to have a have a museum of of, uh yeah a a wing with some photos of him or something i guess but anyway so yeah we've moved and and that's been that's been very busy and uh yeah life in general uh, so very thankful you know 
work. Everything's been steady, but man, it's uh, it's going to be good to get away and fly fish. Well, one of the problems that we could run into, Dave, is is the problem that we're going to talk about today. It's been around for a while, for a long time, but I don't know. It seems to me it's gotten more intense with uh, maybe more fly fishers on the river. Uh, at least that's the reports we've been hearing, that there are a lot more fly fishers out than ever before just due to this pandemic. And, man, we celebrate that in some ways, but it has its downsides. I mean, didn't you hear a conversation or didn't somebody in a fly shop make a comment to you last week when you were in Minnesota about that, kind of that same thing? Yes, we were actually in Preston, and there's that little uh, fly shop there and popped in there. I don't think it was. Great fly shop. Love that place. Yeah, Yeah. what's it called? The Fly Fishing Company or something like that? Yeah. Or the Driftless Fly Shop. Fly Company or something like that. It's a yeah, great little shop. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so I think it was the Fly Shop Monkey who was in there. I think he was also a guide. But he, uh, we just got to talk, and he said, man, Dave, he said, there, all the streams that you like to fish around here are now packed with fly fishers. And I went, what? Because in the Minnesota Driftless, it, it's, it's different than it is in the Wisconsin Driftless. If you're fishing in the Wisconsin Driftless and you're from Chicago like Steve and I are, you know, you're you're too close to Chicago, so all the fly fishers tend to fish in the Wisconsin Driftless, but they don't drive the extra hour and a half, for the most part, to cross the Mississippi River and fish over on the Minnesota side. Well, you don't have to drive actually that far, but another good hour. And it's, that Mississippi River really prevents a lot of the Chicago-based fly fishers from, I think, fishing in the Minnesota Driftless. So Steve and I always like to fish the Minnesota Driftless, but the fly f- shop owner basically said man with covid everybody and their dog is out on the water now and there's a lot of new fly fishers so i do think in part the fly fishing etiquette issue is uh maybe driven by there's new fly fishers on the water and people who maybe haven't fished in a while are back on the waters because honestly there isn't a lot else to do yeah so that's the problem that we want to discuss uh, today just a lack of fly fishing etiquette and what got us thinking about this problem is the following post and it's a rather recent post in uh, trout unlimited's forum Uh, this is from a guy who's been a fly fisher for more than 30 years and he's done his best to follow regulations and etiquette in fact the whole point of his post was to say hey how should i handle a situation like this i want to learn and grow and anyway this is what he wrote in the tu forum He said, today I was fishing in Yellowstone National Park. My wife was with me, but she does not fish. Just a supporting observer. We passed several parking areas as they already had many vehicles and seemed to be at capacity. We finally found a place that was not full and turned into the parking lot along with one other truck. The truck that turned in with us had four anglers. We all geared up about the same time. The four anglers rushed across the road toward the main river. I chose to head upstream of the small tributary creek to give the angler some space. After fishing the skinny waters of the creek for a couple of hours, my wife and I had lunch and then decided to head to the main river. We walked the tributary down toward the river. As we rounded the last bend of the creek, we saw one of the anglers fishing the hole at the confluence of the tributary. My wife and I were on the far bank of the tributary when we kindly greeted the angler and asked how her day was going. At the rim of the riverbed, we spotted the other three in her party. By now it had been about three hours since we all left the parking area. 
all four were fishing deep runs spread out going downstream. As we observed them for a few minutes, we noticed they were not moving. In fact, the angler at the confluence landed two fish while we assessed our options. We decided to give them space and head upstream. We walked the high bank for about 200 yards, passing two nice runs. Then I entered the stream bed and began to fish uh, up, a, up a run. As I turned to watch my drift, I saw one of the anglers rushing upstream. He stopped short of the run and started to scold me. He yelled that I needed to get correct river etiquette. He went, to shout on, he went on to shout that they were moving upstream and we should go find another place in the more than 1,000 miles of water. He turned and returned to his party that had now all assembled at the confluence of the tributary. I didn't take another cast. I told my wife we were going to leave the river. As we started toward the parking area, I decided to walk down to the angry fisherman. I told him I would be leaving the river to him. I explained that I had no idea as to the direction they were heading. And as I turned to leave, he again said something about etiquette. I turned and said that if he thought that sharing the river wasn't proper, he should have given us the right-of-way as we arrived in the parking lot. To top this off, when I got to the parking lot, their vehicle had a Trout Unlimited chapter sticker. It saddened me that a fellow member would be so aggressive in his delivery. He might have been frustrated, but that was no way to approach someone on the river. The one regret I have is that I left the river but I didn't want to share the water with such a hostile person. Now, that's why we want to talk about fly fishing etiquette today. Because that seems to happen uh, more, than, uh, yeah, more than it used to. But we want to come at this from a certain angle, and that is the mindset behind fly fishing etiquette. Dave, why talk about the mindset behind fly fishing etiquette? Why don't we just jump in and say, well, here's, here's what we need to, to do. You stay X yards upstream or whatever. Why talk about the mindset behind fly fishing etiquette? That's a great question, and I think it's easy to go into tactics like, okay, what did that fly fisher do right? What did he do wrong? Was the, you know, who was right, who was wrong? And, and by the way, anytime... There are four anglers in one truck going to the same spot in, in the river. That, that, that's not a fishing party. That, that's a hunting party. And so you had better give deference to every other single angler or set of two anglers that are on the river. I mean, how many times have we been fishing and we let's say we go out, which we rarely do these days, which is go on a guided wade trip. If we do anything that's guided, it tends to be a drift boat. But think about that. Think about how hard it is for other anglers to fish around two anglers and a guide. I mean, it's it's hard. So people have to be generous on the river. And so if you're coming in with four anglers, right there is a problem in my mind. Yeah, and, and when the guy said when the guy says, Hey, there's a thousand miles of river elsewhere i'd feel and, and i know this wouldn't be the right response but i want to say yeah but you've just taken up a hundred miles how much do you think you're gonna get and think about what they did they cut them off basically or, or jumped out of the truck with four i mean the whole thing is absurd yeah. absolutely absurd so i i do think it's important to talk about the mindset because i just don't think fly fishing is like other types of, of fishing without denigrating other types of fishing or even other sports, I just think it's got such a rich history about how people think who are fly fishers. We think differently. Yeah, we sure do. So let's identify some components of a right mindset that 
that really supports fly fishing etiquette. Dave, get us started. So even before starting, I just want to say that those of you who have ideas on this, man, we would love to hear from you on this. Just reply to the email that we send out every Thursday or post on Facebook or post on our site. We monitor all those areas. We would love to hear from you on this topic, either stories, but also insights, things we missed and things that could be improved, because this is a really, really important topic, especially with the whole new uh, influx of fly fishers, no matter what generation they're part of. So I think the first point is that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, and I'm happy to be you know, uh, corrected, but this isn't a competitive sport. Uh, it, 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 so I think we should just get rid of the I'm better than and this is my run because I got here first mindset. And 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 that's even well, it's especially tough for me. And yes, there are fly fishers who compete uh on a national and global level or international level. I get that. And so they should compete. So in that sense, yes, fly fishing is a competitive sport. But for the rest of us, for the rank and file fly fisher, if you want to be competitive, compete with yourself. Compete with your loser casting techniques. The fact that you can't read a river to save your life, right? Compete with that, right? What happens is you have these newbie fly fishers who are competitive in some other area. Maybe they're ultra marathoners or they're, uh, they do something else and they bring that mindset to the river. And it's shameful. It is absolutely shameful. And I'm all about competition I raised Four kids. I think my daughters are more competitive than my boys. My boys were wrestlers. They were football players. My oldest played football in college, and my son Corey played uh, lacrosse in college. Is still playing lacrosse in college. In fact, in high school, which uh, which then moved to college, they gave him the name of the Enforcer. He's six two, about two hundred pounds, and in the small NAIA school, he's uh, playing lacrosse. He's like the big kid, and he's just the enforcer. And, the, and so I, 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 I totally get the competitive thing, but I don't think that kind of competitive sense with other people that causes us to do stupid things, I, I don't think that should be a part of fly fishing. Am I wrong in that? I mean, if you want to have a friendly competition with your friend on the river, that's, that's one thing. Yeah, and compete with yourself. But, yeah, I think to turn it into... Uh, yeah, I've I've got to get here first before you do. I have to conquer this. I mean, it. Yeah, it kind of does defeat the whole part of the purpose of fly fishing, and that's just to enjoy the, just to enjoy the environment, just to to relax a little bit, to unwind. So, and I think our next point, uh, if the first point is fly fishing isn't a competitive sport, certainly not like other sports that are team related and you're you're really competing against other teams certainly it's not that and it's very much an individual sport but the corollary to that which is our second point here is that i as the fly fisher do not own the river other anglers have a right to be there and if you're on a public if you're on public land the fly fisher to whom you're being a jerk to he or she is also a public landowner just like you. One of the great uh, young associations that has, has arisen in the last few years is the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I think it's out of Missoula, Montana, but they have chapters across the country. 
But I love their mission basically to promote us as citizens of the United States, as public landowners, making sure we have access to different places in different backcountry. I know there's some issues with the crazy mountains in Montana where there's private land. And even though there's public land on top of the mountain, you can't get access to it. And they're advocating for public landowners and a public landowner is you and me and that other fly fisher that you're being a jerk to on the river. So we're all public landowners. So in that sense, that's another mindset. I don't own this this run. and I don't own this river. And I think it's basic. I don't know. I just think it's important to remember that we're all public landowners. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that leads to another aspect of this right mindset, and that is I should share the run I'm fishing with other fly fishers. Uh, you know, either either move on after a reasonable amount of time or fish it kind of steelhead run style where uh, you, you work down through a, a run and then you get out, you walk back up and you get in line and do it again. You know, they do that at the, the Barnes pools in the Madison River just inside Yellowstone National Park, just inside uh, the entrance from West Yellowstone. And that's been a, a custom for years. And uh, maybe that's what's so upsetting about that, uh, uh, just about that post in, in TU's forum is that that the, the people were parked there, but then when somebody had the audacity to, to get ahead of them a couple of runs, uh, they, you know, they kind of barked at them and like, man, that's uh, uh, you. You got to share the river. I mean, if, if you, you're right, Dave, I, I do not own the river. Other anglers have a right to be there. If that's the case, then implication is I, I really need to share that with others. Yeah, that, that's really, really a great point. And I think, and again, sharing is a mindset. I mean, it's something we all didn't want to learn when we were in kindergarten. And, and I think a lot of us, I'm not going to speak for the female gender, but certainly the male gender maybe has a harder time with that. I don't know. But, you know, it's something once you're in the sport of fly fishing is that we think differently. We have fellow members who own the land and own the river. That means we share with them. And I think that leads really to another one, which is I should do everything I can to avoid crowding other anglers. And I think in, in this instance, first of all, he, he went up a tributary for starters. And then when he came back, what was it, three or four hours later, they were still at the confluence of, of, of the tributary and the, and the river. And then he went up two runs farther up. I mean, to me, he did everything that he should have done question it is appropriate to talk to someone and say hey are you moving upstream because generally that's where people move some people like to move downstream I actually really like and enjoy uh, fly fishing downstream because I think sometimes you can get at some of those runs well it just depends on the river right but I do enjoy fly fishing downstream so but I mean obviously if somebody's moving upstream you don't need to ask them that question and I just personally would never try to get in front of somebody who is clearly fishing upstream, especially on a small on a small creek like the ones that we fish in the Driftless. And fortunately, you and I have figured out how to really find different places to fish. And I remember once you and I went on the Green River once, which is just a common blue, the green, timber coulee. In the Wisconsin Driftless, these are just heavily fished streams and unless you're fishing in the winter time generally you're going to come up against 
a lot of fly fishers. And I just remember, I remember that time we, we started, we got there pretty early. We found a spot that we wanted to fish, a stretch, but then we wanted to move elsewhere. And do you remember it was just every bridge, every place where you put in or every style, there was a truck and we just kept moving. And I, I think some days maybe you don't get to fish as much, but I think crowding other anglers, it's, it's kind of a sin. And and just as camping on one run all day would be considered, in my opinion, a sin, so is crowding other anglers. Yeah, and if somebody's camping on one run, you ought to be able to go up a couple pools. But if if they are moving, you're right, let them go. If, you know, if there's somebody who's fishing upriver, maybe that's the key, it's upriver, not even upstream, not a little stream, but if it's a river, man, I... You know, we, we've done it before. We may give them a half a mile. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's fair. By the way, I think this applies to the parking lot, too. <laughs> Remember the day we pulled into uh, a fishing access on the Madison River, Montana, and, and I mean, it was this huge fishing access, and it was recently paved, and the places were all marked out, and and... We, we pulled in there about two minutes later. Here come some other guys. They parked in the spot right next to us. And I thought, okay, I'm not expecting you to park across the parking lot because we were, you know, in the row closest to the river. But I thought, man, could you park, like, just left that extra space? I, and it wasn't a big deal. And we they were nice guys. We didn't get upset at them. But I remember thinking... And that is really odd. Why why are they crowding us like that? But that was odd. That was actually last fall. And I remember that because this parking lot is like a, literally a football field. It might be oh, bigger it, than a football it's, it's field. It's bigger. I think it's bigger. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it's almost two football fields. And at one end is is are the, these public restrooms. At the other end is where you walk upstream and you start to go upstream. If you're going, if you're going to walk upstream or you're going to walk the trail, and it's, so that's what made it so odd. It's like, but really, we have, you know, a football-sized parking lot plus maybe another one, and and we're gonna you're gonna park right <laughs> next to us. I mean, like, yeah. say what? You know? Yeah. And we're we're social. We're social guys. We like we like talking to anglers. And when I saw them pull in. I thought, oh, yeah, it'd be interesting to talk to these guys, but I, I didn't anticipate they were going to be right on top of us. <laughs> I do so, think that uh, maybe a part of the, and you really hit on it, is, you know, it's it's just as you don't crowd them, the mindset is, hey, give everybody space. We're not fly fishing because we want to, to be next to you, right? There's a reason we're fly yeah. fishers and not, you know, bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you've just offended all the bowlers. Well, no, 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 but that's great. Hey, here's another one that I I think is important to keep in mind as part of our mindset. It's going to lead to good etiquette, and that is I should communicate with other anglers to find out their plans and to let them know mine. Just saying, hey, are you moving upstream? And then you mentioned this before. If somebody's obviously moving upstream, you don't have to ask them. Just go downstream or, or go up a long, long ways. But but ask people. You know, be very gracious to say, hey, which direction are you moving? I, I don't want to crowd you or I'll go the other direction. You know, that, that can go a lot of ways, a long ways to increase goodwill between fly fishers. And 
know, maybe the other thing too, there's times then just to keep our mouths shut and we don't oh, need man. to respond with harshness, uh, even though we feel like it. I've never had somebody talk to me that I didn't want to make a comment back because I have no fear. I'm like, really? And that just is not helpful on the river. It just yeah. isn't. It's always better to walk away. I think you already said this, but if somebody is moving upstream and they're not just camping out in one run, that is, they're they're hitting the run, they're fishing, you know, maybe five, ten minutes and they're moving on or five minutes, well, like you, it'd be one cast and they're moving on. But <laughs> I think if they're obviously moving upstream, then yeah, I don't think you should be going upstream or you do need to get up a good distance, like you said, a half mile, a mile and really make it so that they have some river to fish. Yeah, right. Unless it's the kind of river that maybe you're in on the Madison Yellowstone National Park and people aren't moving that quickly. Uh, you just have to just have to use common sense. You know, another aspect of communicating with other anglers, kind of going back to what you said, I, I do think there's a place, though, to challenge, uh, you know, like the, the guy who wrote the post. I mean, he, he responded back, and I would, too. I, I would say, no, wait a minute. You want to talk about etiquette. You know, what you've done is it's not right. Here's what good etiquette is. I mean, I can't think of the exact response. And that's the problem sometimes at the moment. You know, we, we can't plan out a response. But I, I think it is appropriate to to come back and, and to challenge somebody. But then, yeah, not letting it escalate. But let them know, hey, you know, don't talk to me about good etiquette because you're not following, you know, good etiquette. Look, here's what I tried to do if you're misunderstanding that. And then, yeah, then keep your mouth shut and move on. Well, anytime there's four anglers, anybody in that party has no business talking about etiquette. You just don't. Because with four anglers, you are making it miserable for anybody else that's on the river. It would be better for you to take two vehicles split up by two miles or do something smarter than just... I'm, I, I know that I'm going to get hit for this, but four anglers in one... Again, that's a hunting party. If there was anything about this this thread that really like ticked me off. It was like four anglers, four fly fishing anglers in one spot. That is just crazy to me. Definitely have to find creative ways to spread out. It can be done. Yeah. So here's another one. Uh, here's another aspect to this mindset that we, that we, we want to encourage. And that is if I want the river to myself, I should be willing to walk further than everyone else. We've alluded to this already, but I think it's important to to state it plainly. I mean, th this solves a lot of problems. Yeah, we know this is harder to do if you're older, but uh, hey, we hate to say it, but we're uh, you know we're late fifties, and uh, <laughs> no, yeah, oh, I know it. Yeah, this is a motivator to stay in shape. Man, often walking further may only mean walking an additional half mile upstream can't tell our listeners how often we have gone to a particular river and it could be any of the rivers we fish and there are fly fishers and we keep going up and up and up and up until we get past them honestly if you commit yourself to this you'll actually find some great water and some of the water that i've discovered uh, even in yellowstone national park was a function of uh, man how many people are on the river. I can't believe it. I've never gone up this far. And I go up far enough and it's like, whoa, 
I'm, I'm so glad I came up here. This is this is terrific. Nobody seems like nobody's ever fished this, uh, at least not the day that that we're out there. So, uh, yeah, if you want the river to yourself, be willing to walk a bit further than than everyone else. Do you remember that? Uh, oh man, this has been a few years now, and I, we've told the story a thousand times. But we were fishing Fan Creek, and and that that angler uh, actually outpaced us on the trail because he felt like we were going too slow. And I think he actually had a place in mind where he wanted to go. And this yeah. was in mm-hmm. this was actually in Yellowstone National Park on a small creek, so this wasn't a crowded place like the Barnes Pools or some of those places down uh, near West Yellowstone, especially. But he went up way ahead of us. And so when we got to some open water, this meadow, when the meadow first opened up, we just stopped right there and we never ran into him. So, you know, there's workarounds, I guess, is the point. And we all know this, but it's a mindset, to go back to one of our other points, not to crowd other anglers and 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 this willingness to walk farther or be more creative than other people to find, find uh, open water. Hey, here's another one, Dave, that I think is important, and that is I should not be easily offended and let the attitudes of others ruin my day. Now, I know perhaps this is easier said than done, but, man, if, if we don't learn to laugh about some of these things and shrug them off, it, it can ruin your day. And I, I guess one thing I'm committed to, I'm committed not to doing, is I'm not going to let somebody else's bad attitude uh, create a bad attitude in me that ruins uh, my day. And I know in the heat of the moment we can get upset, but uh, it's, it's just one of those life skills. You know, I think if, if you're a person who gets upset about everything, well, uh, there, there's going to be enough things to be upset about out fly fishing anyway w- without having to worry about others. And so some of that may even be kind of selfish. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get all riled up about this person because... I don't want to ruin my day. You know, if, if they're yeah. grumpy about it, fine. But I'm not going to be. Well, one of the nice things about when you fish with a with a buddy, he or she can uh, correct you, or or you can laugh about it. Once you start to laugh yes. about it, yeah. it takes the sting of it away. This probably is one of my hardest points right here. Is I just things get under my skin, and and I also I'm not. I just have never been somebody to walk away from a fight ever. And, and it's, you know, it causes problems and it, you know, with wisdom and, or with age comes wisdom. And I'm not the same person I was in my twenties, but, um, and I don't mean fight literally, but I just, it's just confrontation. Some people avoid confrontation, like the plague, like there, I'm never, I'll just, you know, meekly walk away. That is just not how I raise my family and not who I am. But, 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 but. I've had to put a harness on that through the years, and you're absolutely right. If you go after someone, and this goes back to one of your other points, but if you go after and kind of reply and it gets into a verbal spat, it just ruins the rest of your day. And I'm just thinking, you and I are going out to Montana here in several weeks, and I'm thinking, really, I get to do this once a year, and I'm going to let someone carve out, which ends up being the entire day, the joy out of fly fishing? Absolutely not. Maybe that goes back to the competitive thing is is I don't have to win that argument. I don't have to be right. It's like, well, at the end of the day, who really cares? I mean, I, I, I often feel like, okay, I need to make my point. 
But if they want to ignore my point, um, yeah, maybe this is the wisdom of a Louis L'Amour book. You remember those Louis L'Amour books we oh, used to read? Oh, man. I read those them all. Western, oh, they were good. Those Western novels. I, I still, once in a while, pull one of those out. It's kind of like uh, potato chips for the soul, you know, <laughs> at, at nighttime or something. But anyway, I remember one of Louis L'Amour stories where one of the characters, I'm sure it was one of the Sackett brothers, you know, they were the the gunfighters, kind of the good guys, and they, they walk into a saloon, and, you know, there's this young buck at the end of the bar who kind of looks <laughs> down and says something like, yeah, I'm tougher than you are, and, you know, the room kind of gets quiet. The Sackett brother kind of stares him down and he goes, yeah, maybe you are. And then he goes back to eating, and people kind of laughed, and it wasn't the response the guy wanted, but, uh, uh, you know, the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, a soft answer turns away wrath, and that's... Uh, that's, that, good. that's a good that's a good thing to to do and so yeah say your piece you know stand up for i think maybe it's it's kind of standing up for good fly fishing etiquette call somebody out but you know at the end of the day it's like okay you want to win okay you're right who cares i want to fish you know? yeah so i'm gonna go find another place yeah yep. and you're a good model for me and this is probably one area where you and i are so different and and you know, the old cliche, iron sharpens iron, but your iron has sharpened or softened. Actually, iron softens iron. Uh, uh, that metaphor doesn't work. But having fly fished with you really for 40 years, uh, you start to realize, you know, maybe Steve's right not to say everything that he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. You can tell me later, Dave. You can vent to me. Oh man! So any anything else, Dave, that we ought to add to this compilation of you know our mindset uh, that's going to help us with fly fishing etiquette? I think the last one, and it's not the last one like there is no more, but the last one that we could think of. <laughs> the last one is more of a meta point, and that is that there is enough river for everyone. And maybe that kind of is the sum of everything we've talked about today. And I think this is just a, a way of looking at the world. When I see trucks on my favorite stretches of the Driftless, I keep driving or we keep driving. Some days, of course, it's easier than others. But in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, you know what? That's busy, but there's got to be another stretch that doesn't get fished as much that I think it will be a good fit for me today. I'm going to find that. I'm going to set out on my mind. I remember that one time out in the Driftless, you and I were fishing. This has been quite a few years ago, and it, we were there early in the morning because it was the dead of summer, and you know that whole cliche that we use, fish the low light, we were trying to obey that, and we got up really early. It was 6 or 6.30. It was just getting light. We pulled up to our spot, nobody there. We got out, got our waders on. So we're, we're about ready to walk down to the river. And maybe I was still putting on my waders, but up pops this truck and there's a guide with, with a client. And I could see his frustration. And I, I totally got it, right? You're out there early. You've got a client. This client's paying you for, for a day on the river or a half day on the river. The question was, so, so what was the question? Was it, are you fishing here? It was something like that. We're like, well... Yeah. Yeah, we're parked here at six six o'clock in the morning, and we we got our waders on. We're ready to hit the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. We're yeah. we're we're fishing here. And then did he ask us finally what direction we were going? Oh, he did. And there were yeah. two of us. And so, but this guy was was a generous guy. I mean, he he they went downstream and probably went down what a half a mile or a mile. 
and yeah. and and then then they started to work upstream. So in a sense, they started to crowd us. But you know what? It was totally yeah. legitimate on that day because it's a small stream. There's not a lot of stretches. I mean, he could have gone to a different stream in the drift list. Yeah. There's tons of streams. But uh, and I wasn't too frustrated by that. I thought, yeah, I get it. But he yeah. he left. And he was the one with the client, you know, he left and then went down further downstream and then they started to move upstream. Yeah. And this is harder on smaller creeks, isn't it? Yeah, and sure I is. think it, it does take some wisdom to say, you know, I, I'm here. I have the right to fish this next run. If it's a, if it's a run that I really want to fish, I'll, I'll fish it. But sometimes I'll just think, yeah, I'm going to go the other direction. I would rather fish in solitude than, yeah, try to race for a particular run so i also think that one of the things that you and i've learned through the years one is people tend not to uh, move very quickly after they start to to work a run in other words they stay at a run a long Mm -hmm. time so you'll see fly fishers in the driftless that are fishing really will fish the same run for an hour and it's a tiny run you're like say what and and that means that they're they're taking up smaller chunks of the river. So, I mean, going up above somebody like that, three or four runs, which is not that far. Maybe it is only a half mile on a small creek like that. You're giving them plenty of space. Yeah. Yep. That's really true. You know, something else we haven't talked about, but I think especially if you're a new fly fisher and maybe going to a new area and you're on a particular creek, are going to be on a particular creek, you might ask the, you know, the guides in a fly shop to say, hey, what's, you know, any, any kind of etiquette practices here that I ought to be aware of? I've, I've, I've never fished this creek before. Or, or even to say, hey, what's the etiquette in this area? Man, you know, we're always so eager to ask the guides about what pattern do I use and where do I go? But uh, it wouldn't hurt to say, hey, you know, what's, how crowded is this? Are, are there any kind of any unwritten rules that I don't know about? In fact, if you're in West Yellowstone and you're doing that, that would be a great question. Yeah, if you've never fished the Barnes pools, don't even know about them, then you pull in there and uh, you, know, you, you just walk right down and, and you don't realize the kind of the unwritten rules that you have in place. I, th- I think that's a helpful thing. Really, what we're saying is that proper fly fishing etiquette starts with the right mindset. And as Dave mentioned earlier, hey, if you have any, uh, you have any input, we, we would really love to hear it because we're really thinking a lot about this topic because we, uh, you know, we want to practice good etiquette ourselves, and we certainly want to encourage it. So any uh, any input you have, we would love to have that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here is a comment from Steve in our recent podcast, Key Factors in Your Fly Fishing Success. And you know it's going to be a good comment when it comes from someone named Steve. Wouldn't you agree, Dave? (laughs) 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 I know. Anyway, uh, Steve writes, Hi, guys. I just returned from the Green River in Utah and heard your episode 251 talking about hoppers and cloud cover. On the green, we had smoke drifting from the wildfires in both California and Colorado, along with a mostly cloudy sky. We still had a great time, even though the activity and bite was less than what we've been told to expect for this river. Our guide, a 30-year veteran, said that during terrestrial season, 
The cloud cover has the opposite effect of what you'd expect in an aquatic hatch. The fish have a harder time seeing the contrast of the hoppers and ants against the dull sky. His solution was to put on a giant Chernobyl, trailed by a dark-sized 12 attractor of his own design. He said the trout would spot the Chernobyl, come up to investigate, uh, then likely take the small attractor, and this turned out to be the case on nearly every strike. Man, that's a good insight, isn't it? And I, I think that's what I was kind of saying. I've, I've experienced on on cloudy days, it's like, man, the hoppers uh, don't seem to work as well. And so this, this kind of gives a, a plausible explanation as to why. That may be one of the best insights you know, in the five or six years we've been doing this. I, I mean, that that actually is really, really helpful. I mean, we will use this when we're out in Montana. Hopefully we get a day in which... Uh, we can fish hoppers. I'm sure we will. And if it's warm enough and if it's cloudy, I am going to try this. In fact, I'm thinking we should get <laughs> we should get a size 6 attractor and then put a smaller size 12 or size 14 behind it. Wasn't it Bud Lilly who used to... Wasn't it Bud Lilly? It was someone else. Some guy out in Montana used to fish, used to create these big attractor patterns or tie on these big monster tractor pattern yeah. just to see what would happen so i guess what you're saying is we need an attractor pattern the size of an old buick right <laughs> <laughs> oh, float that baby down the river you know i like this too because this is creative that's that's a fun thing about getting to know guides i mean the, the ones who've done it for so long they're, they're always trying new things and they they will stumble across some things that work at least on a particular river so yeah, that's a that's a great comment. See, I, I told you, I knew as soon as I saw the name Steve, I knew we would get a great comment, <laughs> and he didn't let me down. All right, that is all for today. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson, and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river for the love of fly fishing etiquette.